0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: And welcome everybody to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. So glad to be with you as we start another work week, uh, another week at Calvary Live. I know that you're going to be tremendously blessed as we are here to answer your questions and to pray for you and to just minister to you any way that we can, encourage you in the things of the Lord, and the ways of the Lord. And so give me a call. You just heard the invitation that was given to you to call us and be on the air. 303 690 is that call-in number. Love to hear from you. We have 88 stations in 26 states that carry Calvary, Calvary life. So give me a call. Love to hear from you guys. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. Let's encourage one another. Let's go to the Word of God. And that's really what this show is about, just to be able to minister to you as the hour uh, progresses and as we uh, take calls or text messages, there's a text line that you can text a message or a prayer request, and that is 720-336-0897. So as I said, it is Monday, the 19th of June. Uh, Pray that all you dads had a great weekend and Father's Day, and I just want to remind you the incredible ministry that god has given to you um, and calling that he's given to you to us and i pray that god just strengthens you in that those of us who are fathers and i think about what paul has to say that we are ones that uh, are to uh, not provoke your children to wrath paul writes in ephesians chapter 6 but to bring your children up in the training and admonition of the lord It is interesting that there's many books on raising our children and and, uh, ministering to our children, the family and all that, and I'm not saying they're bad, but it's interesting that the Lord comes along and He has a few verses that He says for us as parents, how we are to minister to our children. It starts in the Old Testament where we are told that we are to uh, teach them the Word of God diligently uh, in our homes. And we are to, fathers, take the lead in that, to train them up in in the ways of the Lord. And it's very important for us that we be ones that we're close to the Lord, that we're growing, that we're sensitive to the leading of the Lord. So uh, I just pray for you as, as a dad and for you moms. You know, that time between Mother's Day and Father's Day is uh, when we start spring and start summer and the, uh, all those things. But uh, what an incredible privilege it is to be a mom, a dad, a grandparent uh, to be able to minister to our children, to our grandchildren, and I pray that we would do that in a godly way, especially in the day in which we're living in. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the call in number. Love to uh, be able to talk with you, encourage you, be able to bless you. Text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. So I want to welcome everyone who's listening on Grace FM live along the front range in Colorado, up in the southern Wyoming. Summer finally came, didn't it? We're in the 90s, and we've just had a wet and cool uh, spring, May and June. It's green, but summer's here, and I pray that you're doing well. Give me a call. And then also I want to welcome those of you who are listening live, Radio by Grace, 78 stations. And you too can call today. love to hear from you guys. Uh, that are listening by Radio by Grace, and those, of course, listening to the Grace FM app or the website, uh, you can give me a call at that number 303 690 And then those of you who are part of our Calvary Life family, Hope FM on the East Coast, uh, you've been a part of Calvary Life for a number of years, and same with Truth FM. Uh, you guys are a week delayed along with Higher Rock Radio in Idaho and Living Water Radio that has just joined Calvary Live from Corpus Christi, Texas. Hey, I'd love to hear from from you guys in, in Corpus Christi. Just give us a call. I know you're a week delayed. just means that you get the call. You'll talk to somebody on the show, and then it will air on your radio network uh, a week later. So 303-690-3000. The hour goes by quick. Grab an open line right now uh, because sometimes it, it gets uh, full, the lines as we go through the show, and love to be able to take your questions or your prayer requests let's go to uh is it Brendan in Colorado Brendan are you there Brendan he had a question. I guess we didn't have him on the air. Is there anything in the Bible that says you have to go to church and there is something that says that in the scriptures and I wish you'd call. Brendan, I'm going to answer your question, but I'd love for you to call back and if you'd be able to talk, because I think this is a very important uh, question that gets asked by people. Should Christians go to church? And uh, we should go to church. It's very important that we go to church. It's not a matter of salvation, but it is a matter of wisdom and encouragement and being strengthened. And I'll go ahead and talk about that a little bit. we got open lines 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, the text line 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven, and uh, so text a question or uh, give me a call online. But in Hebrews chapter ten, and this was the verse that was used uh, a lot during uh, the pandemic when churches shut down and churches were struggling about whether we should gather uh, in person services. Uh, a lot of times, uh, the this verse was quoted. Uh, but we do know that the writer of Hebrews. Uh, would write in chapter 10, verse 25, I believe. Yeah, he says, Let us consider one another, in verse 24, in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaken forsaken the assembly of ourselves together, as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another uh, so much the more as you see the day approaching. So we're told in the Scriptures that we're not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together. So, it's important for us to be in fellowship. And sometimes I'll hear Christians say, well, I don't need to go to church. Um, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Uh, going to church does not make you a Christian. Uh, a church can't save you. A pastor can't save you. It's by faith alone, Christ alone. But with that said, we are told in Scripture that we are to be in fellowship with other believers, and, and there is a reason for that. Is It's to be edified, to be encouraged. Uh, the writer of Hebrews says, especially as you see the day approaching, and we do see the day approaching, don't we? I believe we're getting closer to the return of the Lord. I think that uh, we're seeing uh, the beginning of sorrows, or, uh, the birth pangs that uh, as we get closer to uh, the time where the Lord's going to take us home. And we really need to be in church. We need to be encouraging one another. And in church, we find strength with the brethren. We find encouragement with the brother. We get instructed. I can't help but think about What Paul writes in the book of Ephesians as he uh, is writing and he is talking about spiritual gifts. And in chapter 4 he says that he gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man or perfect man, that's what it means, to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. So we come to church so we can be equipped. We come to church, uh, we can do the work of the ministry. God has something for you to do within you know, the body of believers, edifying the body of believers. So the church is really important. Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. He's the foundation of the church. He stands in the midst of the church. As we see in the book of Revelation. So, the Bible does talk about having, uh, you know, going to church and being in a church. And it's just a blessing. Listen, don't miss out. Don't miss out on being with a group of believers. Um, Don't isolate yourself because the enemy will find a way to be able to just get at you if you're isolated. And uh, one of the illustrations that I've brought up in some teachings and even here on the radio. Uh, many of you make your way to Yellowstone, for example, during this time of the year, and, and you watch the wildlife. And I'm one that I would take the kids and we would watch the wolves. We'd watch the bears in the Lamar Valley. And it was just a, a wonderful time. But one of the strategies of the wolves is like they um, like to, when they uh, want to take down a, a bison and elk or Uh, something, you know, uh, one of their praise is they isolate them. And the enemy knows that if he can isolate you, it's a lot easier for him to attack you and to pounce on you. Peter says that you be careful because he's like a roaring lion seeking who he he may devour. So there's safety and strength. There's encouragement and there is edification and uh, opportunity for you to serve the body of Christ. So don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together. I've had a few people say, "Well, I'm mature enough. I I don't need to go to church." I I even had somebody say that they had a special calling um, that they don't have to go to church. Well, uh, that's a direct disobedience to the Word of God. We're not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together. So, don't miss out. Be in church. Be with the body of believers. Um, Be you know the churches, uh, whether it's a home fellowship, whether it's a church, you know, corporate church. But be there to to especially as we see the day approaching. We are rapidly getting closer to the return of the Lord. I believe three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Good question, by the way, Brendan. Um, glad that you were able to to ask that 303-690-3000. Uh, got a couple open lines, and then text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. And I'd love to be able to take your text questions as well. Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Monday. Pray you're doing well. Give me a call, Andy in Laramie. Hi, Andy.
4: How's it going, Pastor? Good.
3: How are things up there in Laramie?
4: Oh, nice and beautiful and sunny. How about in Aurora? Well, I'm
3: here in Greeley, and um, so I'm broadcasting from Greeley. But I get up to Laramie a lot. I love, uh, love Southern Wyoming, love your area, um, just love being up there. So I'm um, looking forward mm-hmm. to making a few trips up to the Snowies and getting away a little bit.
4: Certainly, yep. Awesome. Uh, my question is concerning evangelism, specifically to Mormons. So I have Mormon missionaries come by weekly to my door, and I love talking about Jesus, talking about the Word of God and the Gospel, and I have just some practical questions on just how can I, as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus Christ, not the one preached by their church, how can I get through on going through the weeds on what does it mean to be a follower of Christ and not a follower of a false version of Christ?
3: Yeah, and it's very important that you show them what the Bible has to say. And, you know, you can ask them the questions because that really comes down to, you know, they'll say that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe he's the Son of God. We're Listen, we have Jesus in our name, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but they preach a different Jesus. And so what they preach concerning Jesus is that Jesus was created. And we are talking about this yesterday in our study, even in Colossians, in Colossians chapter one, uh, you know they they will say, "Well, Jesus was created." They believe that Jesus was the first spirit children born of God the Father and God the Mother that were married and had billions of spirit children. Jesus was the first one, and Satan was the second born, and Satan is uh, Jesus' brother, and he rejected the plan of salvation uh, when man fell, and Satan. Uh, became you know lucifer you know became satan so they they have a different jesus they believe jesus was the created being when paul writes in colossians chapter one that he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creation and what they will do is they will say see he was the firstborn but that word firstborn has the meaning of priority he is sovereign over creation He has priority over creation he's preeminent over all creation and so talk to them about the Jesus that they present because they won't really present that he was, you know, born of his spirit children and um, created. Uh, Jesus is eternal. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus is God. Uh, they'll deny the divinity of Jesus. And so you want to take them, you know, t- to the truth of Scripture and what the scriptures have to say. Now, in their official doctrine, they'll say, we believe the Bible uh, as long as it's translated correctly. Uh, We believe in the Book of Mormon, but uh, they'll try to get around what the Bible has to say. Uh, But God is eternal. And even in those passages in Isaiah that you can go over, that there is no other God. There's one God. There is no God before me. There's no God after me. As you read those chapters in Chapters 42, 43, 45, God declares that he is the only God. He is eternal, and Jesus is eternal. So that's who you want. You want to talk to them about that, you know, because they present uh, Jesus as a created being, not equal with the Father, um, and um, also uh, the whole plan of salvation, where they believe in three heavens, and you can progress and become a God yourself, and you can be sealed in the temple for all eternity and and have spirit children and create a world yourself. It just does not line up with the Word of God. So take them to to the Scriptures, and um, you can challenge them there and ask them to explain it.
4: Absolutely. Thank you for the advice.
3: So, you know, I think it's good. I do want to encourage you, and I want to pray for you, Andy, real quick. I think it's okay. good that you're willing to have that discussion with them. Uh sometimes as Christians they'll slam the door in their face and and we don't we don't have to, you know, just be just so argumentative and um, you know, rude and all of that. But you know, since they come to you, you can say, Who do you say Jesus is? And let them explain themselves who Jesus is. And and then to begin to get them to think, because that's what I've done. I've had a few Mormon missionaries uh, come by the house, and I'll say, well, you know, the Bible teaches pretty clearly, teaches very clearly that he's eternal. He wasn't created, um, and there is no other gods. And why do you believe that you can become a god? And what they'll do is take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and say, well, there's three heavens. And 1 Corinthians 15, very clearly speaking of the resurrection, so you can— just show them uh, by you know the Word of God and just pray that the Word of God will pierce their hearts and do the work in their lives. Uh, but they do present another Jesus, and and I'm thankful that you're willing to give them the right Jesus. So, Lord, I pray for Andy as he talks to them, that he would be able to show them the truth of who Jesus is. I pray specifically for these Mormon missionaries that, Lord, that you would touch their hearts with the truth, um, of the Word of God, who Jesus is, and what he has done for them in dying for their sins. They cannot earn salvation. They cannot become gods themselves, um, but it's by Christ alone and faith alone, and, um, and that Jesus, um, who he truly is, that they would come to understand. So give Andy just the words um, that he can talk to them and bless them and minister to them in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: Amen. Thank you, brother. You bet, Andy.
3: You bet. Good to hear from you. Bye-bye. You bet. There's also, for those of you, there's a lot of good resources out there. Ron Rhodes, How the Witness to a Mormon. Um, th- we have that book in the bookstore. Um, others, um, good apologetic books um, that are available to be able to to talk to Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, uh, those who are you know, in Islam, Buddhist, whatever. And, you know, it's thankful to be able to read those simple reads, uh, to be able to uh, show them the truth of God's Word. So those are helpful tools for you. We have available in our bookstore, but you can look online. Ron Rhodes is a great apologist, and and he has many of those books. And so look it up, and, and it'll be a great tool for you. 303-690-3000, 303 690 calling number Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this beautiful Monday, summer day, the 19th of June. We're almost to the longest day of the year. Do you realize that? And after Wednesday, after the 21st, the days start getting shorter, uh, and pretty soon the year's going to be half over, and that's amazing, isn't it? So it's go by so quickly. Uh, but, um, you know, I pray that you're having a good summer, a fruitful summer, Uh, We're going to continue with the phone lines. we got an open line, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Let's go to Betty Betty Jane, Pennsylvania. Hi, Hi. Hi, how are you?
5: I'm well. How How about you?
3: I'm doing good. Thank you for sending that resource to me.
5: Oh, good. That's what I. That was one thing I wanted to do, as well as ask you for a prayer. That's great. That's great. Um, I I'm so happy. It. And you know, don't um, don't be put off by the title. It has a lot of information about how to treat somebody who has dementia. It's just so they're just so caring and yeah. uh, compassionate.
4: Well, I, and merciful. I, I, yeah. You know? and, so
5: that's that's right. that's really important.
3: And I appreciate all you who work with those who. You know, I have a special heart with my dad going through it. Now my mom is, she's uh, getting towards the end of life and, and, uh, you know, declining, um, that those of you who work with, uh, those in the nursing homes and dementia memory cares. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. It's so important. Families really appreciate it. So what can I do for you, Betty Jane?
5: Well, so, um, you know, thank you for your attitude. I really, uh, you know, in your demeanor, I really, really appreciate oh, it. I am—I'm so happy um, to be studying Revelation, mm-hmm. and it's—it's uh, it's just um, amazing to and and to get different viewpoints and different ways of teaching it. Through, um, for example, like Doug, Doug McLean at Calvary Chapel of Delta, and and now also Chuck Smith. I'm reading a book that he wrote, um, so I'm just real, real happy about that. But I—I'm just asking for prayer. Uh, for my ministry and my, my hospice work, um, it's just uh, uh, trying to get, get things started for myself and get out there and, you know, just um, do the very best I can to bring people to Jesus, you yeah, know, especially you. at the end of their lives.
3: Yeah, so. thank you. And we are going to pray for that. You know, you're, there's uh, as you read the book of Revelation, I want to remind you, that there is a special blessing that is given. It's the only book—I mean, every book of the Bible we read is a blessing, but there's, there told to us in the beginning of the book a special blessing. Blessed are those who read these words, hear these words, and hold on to these words that believe it. And it's unfortunate, uh, because I was just— when you were talking about doing a study in the book of Revelation, I was talking to somebody um, that is a Christian, but Mm -hmm. they— Uh, went to their pastor and said, why don't we ever study the book of Revelation? And he said, we just won't do that. Uh, We won't go through the book of Revelation. Uh, I didn't study it in seminary. There's a lot of churches that will dismiss the book of Revelation. Really? Yeah. And it's such an important book, and it's so rich. And it's written for us as part of the canon of Scripture. And there's a blessing. And um, I'm so grateful that God has... Uh, You know, and here's the thing, Betty Jane, it was very difficult times as as John was exiled to the island of Patmos, and he's there all alone. He's the last living apostle, and he's probably on that island wondering, you know, why, Lord, why? Um, You know, I'm in elderly, the end of the first century, I'm elderly, maybe in his 90s, upper 80s, and uh, all of a sudden he heard a voice of many waters, and he turns to see the resurrected Lord and he begins writing 22 chapters of what right. is ahead for us and in, in, uh, the church age, and, and it's an incredible book. And he would take that back, historians believe, to Ephesus, where he, he was perhaps pastoring. And mm-hmm. as he did, they needed to know, just as you and I need to know in this century, that God's on the throne and mm-hmm. that he's going to come for us and that he's right. going to come back and establish his kingdom, and that things are going to happen to where this world's going to end in a, in a terrible, terrible way. And so we can give people hope. We can tell them that you know sin is going to be judged and the tribulation period's going to come, and that we can have the comfort of knowing that we're going to be with him for all eternity. I, I want to know that. And it, it causes me to keep my eyes on him and and to be able to be excited about what the lord has for us but also a sense of urgency of we need to be given the gospel and about the gospel and it, that's what it does for me and, and it blesses me to know that uh we're going to rule and reign with him and be in the new jerusalem and the the new heaven you know the, the the new earth that's created with him for all eternity who wouldn't want to read about that and study that so, Father, I pray for Betty Jane. I just pray for her ministry as she's ministering to those who, even though they may have dementia, the, the gospel is powerful. The Word of God is powerful to bring comfort to them, to be able to speak truth into their lives and as they find themselves towards the end of their journey. And, Lord, I thank you for her heart to serve uh, those, and not only those who are um, in memory cares or in hospice, but Lord, those families and to be an encouragement to them. And Lord, as she reads the book of Revelation, I just pray that you bless her. I pray that you would um, just uh, minister to her, give her wisdom, um, and just help her to grow in the blessing of knowing um, that this reveals Jesus to us to a greater degree um, and knowing that we have just a, a glorious future, even though there's going to be great tribulation that will come upon this world before Jesus comes back, but given us the urgency to continue to do our ministry, that this world is not our hope and it's not where uh, things are at. It's, it's eternity. So I thank you for her. I pray you bless her in every way in Jesus name. Amen.
5: In Jesus name. So, so can I just talk to you about one more thing? Sure. Um, When I was reading this book from Chuck Smith, it's called the rapture. Are you ready? It's it's Mm -hmm. a little, it's a little booklet and it's, on page 29, so the book looks like 35 pages long. It talks about the final act and what the world is coming to by Chuck Smith. But in here, he lists information about Holman Hunt, who painted a picture of the light of the world, and it shows Jesus knocking on a door with a lantern in the hand. And there, there's no handle on the outside of the door, and it's a yeah. door that goes into a garden, and it signifies... The heart, and in nineteen, he wrote this in nineteen seventy nine, and I also was married to a man who could not open his heart from the inside, and mm-hmm. I just find this so fascinating. Yeah, it famous- is.
3: It is a famous picture, and I've seen it in bookstores. and And the thing is, is you know, um, the door handle isn't there. The door handle's on the inside. And it's, you know, Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, the church of Laodicea, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone opens and lets me in, I will come in and sup with him and fellowship with him. He's not going to bust the door down. He's not going to force his way in. He isn't going to get a battering ram, you know, and, and tear down the door. It is He's going to keep knocking, in and in Revelation chapter 3, that knocking is a continual knocking. He continually just knocks and knocks at the door of our hearts. But we got to open up our hearts to him. And it, that's why it's such a powerful picture. So so yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. Hey, we're getting ready to go to break. Betty Jane, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Hey, we got we got an open line. So we're going to go to break. Brendan, uh, you're back. So stay on the line. I'd love to talk to you and encourage you. And then also Jim uh, as well and be able to minister to you uh, and be able to uh, just be able to answer your questions. So, this is the only break of the show, and then we'll be back on the other side. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs. Grab one of those open lines. Go have Got plenty of time in the show. 303 690 3000 is the call in number. And then the text line 720 336 0897 if in a question or prayer request. Love for you to be able to do that and to be able to talk to you and bless you in any way that we can. So you hear the music. That means we're at the halfway mark of Calvary Live. We'll be back on the other side of the break to take your questions and your prayer requests.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Thank you And we do have an open line, so grab it. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And then the text line 720-336-0897 and love for you to text in your question or your prayer request. Um, you got plenty of time to call in and let's talk about the things of the Lord. And we're going to go to the phone lines in just a minute, but I just want to uh, encourage you. Uh, we up here in Greeley in northern Colorado, uh, there's uh, what's called the Greeley Stampede. Many people come from all over the area Nebraska and from Kansas and uh, from uh, southern Wyoming, uh, from the Front Range in Colorado, and if you're in the listening area, uh, Grace FM, a powerful uh, signal that gets into the Panhandle, Nebraska, and Southern Wyoming, and along the Front Range, Colorado. Listen, if you come up to the Greeley Stampede that I believe begins next week, uh, come by and see us. Come by and say hello. Love to visit with you and um, just be able to say uh, hello to you and uh, be able to be Uh, encouraged uh, as we talk together and as you let us know that you listen to us. So be sure to visit with us, and especially if you're uh, here on a Sunday, we got three Sunday morning services. Love to just be able to have you come, and we can serve you and your family. Also, uh, if you are uh, many stations, as we're on 88 stations, 26 states, if you're coming out to Rocky Mountain National Park, come by and see us. We're right on the way to the entrance of Rocky Mountain National Park. Just love to be able to say hello. Uh, we have people that do that once in a while, so just want to encourage you in that. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, the text line 720-336-0897. Let's see where we're at. Let's go, Brendan. Brendan, you, you there?
1: Yep, can you hear me?
3: Yep, I can. How are you?
1: Good, how about you?
3: Good. You had a question? Go ahead and ask your question again, and and then uh, I'll— I'll go over kind of what we talked about at the beginning of the show.
1: Okay. Yeah, I missed that. My service cut out. but Oh, bummer. Uh, so I've been going to the same church for 18 years since I was born, basically. Um, and it's getting to a point where I really don't enjoy the church, but I have family and friends telling me that I still need to keep going there. I'm just wondering if I don't know of a place in the Bible that it says you have to... Um, go to church every Sunday morning for five hours. I was just wondering if you knew of anywhere.
3: Well, yeah, and what you're asking, you know, you said all your life, you're 18 years, so I assume you're 18, 19 years old or your early 20s. But here's the thing, Brendan, is you don't have to go to church, okay? You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You don't have to go to church uh, for God to love you. But the scriptures gives a commandment that you are to not to forsake the assembly of yourselves together as the matter of some. And that's in Hebrews chapter 10. So the commandment of the Lord is this, that, that you don't forsake the assembly of yourself together, uh, especially as you see the day approaching. And that day is speaking of when the Lord comes back. And we, I believe, we are getting closer to the return of the Lord than ever before. We are in very perilous times, and there's wisdom, there's benefit in going to church. You don't want to miss out, and what it sounds like to me is you're going to a church that you're just not getting a lot out of it, so I would encourage you, you don't have to go to that church. Go to a church where you're being fed. Go to a church where you have fellowship. Go to a church where you're growing in the Word of God, and you can—, you can Get to know some guys, some young adults um, that are your age that will encourage you and bless you because it's so important in the day in which we're in. And one of the things that I've emphasized lately, even on the radio program, is be in fellowship, but don't isolate yourself. Don't come up with the mindset of, well, I'm a Christian, I don't have to go to church, You know, I don't have to go for five hours, um, I don't have to. Listen, the enemy wants nothing more than you to isolate yourself So he can pounce on you. So he can get a foothold into your life. And that's why Peter says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Um, And it's like, you know, um, you see the, um, you know, those who, uh, mountain lions here in Colorado or uh, up in Wyoming, we have wolves here in Colorado now. The way they attack their prey is, is they isolate it. And that's the way the enemy wants to do. So the church is beneficial and the commandment is given. It's not a suggestion that we do not forsake the assembly of ourselves together, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, as is the manner of some. Apparently in the first century, some were saying, we don't need to go to church. And the writers inspired by the spirit of God says, yes, you need to go. It's not for the sake of salvation. It's not that Jesus is gonna love you more because we know a church can't save you, right? We know that a pastor can't save you, but it's for the benefit of you uh, so you can be there to be encouraged and prayed for and grow in the Word of God and not be isolated uh, because Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. He is the foundation of the church, and he stands in the midst of the church. The church is very important to Jesus. I heard somebody say, well, you know, the church isn't that important to Jesus. Yes, it is, and and the church should be important to the believer and he gave some to be uh, you know, uh, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, edifying of the body of Christ. It's a place where you can be edified. It's a place where you can serve others, because God wants to use you, Brendan. He wants to use you to be able to be a blessing to others and to grow in the Word of God and mature. So fellowship is really important. And have you ever noticed that in the Bible that it's emphasized that fellowship with God is important, but it's also emphasized fellowship with other believers are important, too. So, you know, Hebrews chapter 10 a the commandment, don't forsake the assembly of ourselves together. And and it is for your benefit and for your blessing. So find a church. Find a church that you can be a part of, um, that you enjoy, that you're growing in, that you're being blessed in. And there's a church out there for you.
1: Yeah, our, the church I'm going to right now is getting some construction work done next month. So I'm going to be—I'm actually coming out to Calgary Greeley at some point next month. So
3: come, come see me. Come yeah, see me.
1: I will shake your hand.
3: Yeah, be sure sure to say hello. And you know, we're here to serve you, to help you. We got a wonderful young adults ministry. Um, you know, I had them over at the house. Um, you know, Sue and I, my wife, just a couple Fridays ago, we made dinner for them. We sat and talked with them. You know, we prayed with them. Uh, we just had a great time. I did a Bible study on uh, the, they're going through humility. So be sure to stop by and just want to encourage you and serve you and how we can. And, uh, you know, the, the young adults here are just growing. They're growing in God's Word and in His grace and i think that you'll be tremendously blessed but don't isolate yourself okay that's the worst thing you can do and um and i tell people that and we saw the effects of it with covid when covid came along you know all of a sudden we couldn't do in person and uh i think that some people still you know because you know they watched online uh, they didn't come back to church and um it really begins to affect you uh, you're able to just be encouraged and blessed by being in fellowship. So come by and see us. Love for you to do that.
1: Is there a Sunday in July that there's a young adults anything going on there?
3: Check on the check on the website if you haven't done that already. Um, but okay. yeah. yeah, but come by, come by and see me, and I'll you know we'll introduce you, and I'll introduce you to Pastor Luke who oversees it. Um, you know, we just want to encourage you just because it's July. Sometimes we kind of take a break from some of the Bible studies, men's study, but we'll be starting back up in August. And, but we just, you know, we're available for you. We're available to encourage you and bless you, um, any way that we can. So love for you to come by.
1: Yep. I'll definitely do that.
3: Hey, can I pray for you? Sure. Father, I just pray for Brendan and he's got an honest question and, uh, you know, does he need to go to church? And I pray that um, as he visits us, he's blessed, but he would be in a place where he can grow in the Word of God and he can grow with other believers and other young men to encourage him and bless him and not to be isolated. And I just pray that he would take the command because every commandment that you give is an expression of your love. And I just pray that he would just take it to heart and trust you and, and be in a church, a body of believers, where he can grow and be benefited and mature and serve the body of Christ. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank hey, you.
3: Hey, Brendan, I, I want to remind you what First John chapter 5 says. It says that this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. And I've told you that the commandment is not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together. And I want you to remember this, and it's for all who are listening, that every commandment of God is an expression of his love. It's not to be a killjoy. It's not that, oh, now I have to go to church or I have to walk in this way or live this way. The Lord wants the very, very best for you. And every commandment given to you is an expression of his love for you, and it's not burdensome. It's not to burden you. He doesn't want to be a killjoy, you know, to where you can't enjoy life, but for you to experience that abundant life. And so keep that in mind, and be in fellowship, and come by and see us.
1: Okay, I'll do that. Thank you. you so Hebrews 10 and First John 5, is that what you said?
3: Uh-huh, Hebrews ten twenty five. 25. Okay. Well- All right. Thanks, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. When somebody hangs up, there's an open line, so let's keep moving along with the phone lines. Let's go to Pennsylvania, Hershey, Jim. Jim, how are you? Fine, and you? I'm doing good.
2: Uh, I, I guess I had I don't know if it's how simple a question it is, but uh, I've just at sixty five years of age. I just finally reached. The milestone to me of reading the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament. I mean, I'm yeah. not happy in one Correct. way, but I'm, I'm ashamed that it took me so long to do it. But I guess it's one good thing I came with COVID.
3: Yeah. And
2: I, I guess my my question yeah. to you is: I use the King James uh, version, and my wife wants to start reading the Bible too, like I did. But is there? Uh, what versions do you recommend, or is there any that you don't recommend? Is there something easier to read than the King James?
3: Yeah, do you do you read the old King James or the new King James?
2: It was the old King James.
3: Yeah, and it's a little bit um, tedious to read through the old language and everything. Me, we've been using, you know, I've been teaching here at Calvary Greeley uh, for t- going 28 years um, through the new King James. So to me, the new King James is 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 easy for me to understand, but I, I've studied it. I've gone through it. I need to understand that not everybody's done that. And uh, and I have my memory verses in New King James, but there are some other verses. There's the English Standard Version, uh, which is a word-for-word, word, and you want to get a good word-for-word word, uh, uh, translation. So the English Standard Version. Uh, some people uh, like the New Living Translation, the NLT, Um, some, you know, they, they say that's more of a thought for thought, uh, translation, but a lot of young people like to read that. Uh, you can get a good Bible app, uh, like, uh, gateway Bible that, uh, or Bible gateway is what it is that will, you know, have different versions. You can look at it. Um, it's, it's, you can download it as free. And so if you read the new King James, you can look at the English standard version, the, uh, or what the New Living Translation says, they get a little bit better understanding of it. Uh, but you know, you're you're doing good. It, it's such a blessing to hear that even in the midst of COVID, you start reading your Bible. Uh, so you know, the English Standard Version may help you out, and 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 then you know, a good Bible app because uh, sometimes I'll have Bible Gateway and I'll look at you know, the New Living Translation to see what it says through the English Standard Version to give me just maybe a little easier understanding of what the text has to say to me.
2: Yeah, I just wanted to make sure it was still true to the Word, because in this day and age with, you know, the things that are out there, that's what I was asking. Is there any that you know that you should stay away from?
3: Well, there's plenty. There's so many translations out there that you can't keep up with it. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there's Common English Bible, there's Holman Christian Standard Bible. There's uh, you know, there's p- paraphrase like the message. You want to stay away from that. Um, there is thought for thought that could help you in in some ways, but I like a word for word. A word for word uh Bible study uh that is, you know, New King James, uh English Standard Version are probably the top uh, that I would use, but there's others too. The NIV may be something Uh, that you might want to look at. The revised NIV, I believe, is more of a word-for-word. It used to be, as they revised it in 2011, um, that uh, there are some that argue, say, it's a good and uh, even better translation than the New King James. That's a debate for for those who like to do that. But the uh, New International Version is a word-for-word, and it's a translation that many Christians read and churches read as well. So those are the ver- versions that you know you can look at and read. And, and But one of the things that I always encourage you, whatever Bible, sometimes people say, what version should I read? Whatever you've been reading, whatever you're going to read, um, you might go, since you've been reading the King James, the New King James, but get a Bible where you really go through it and mark it and memorize those Bible verses and the Lord will help you sort it out, whether it's the NIV or New English Standard or whether it's the New King James.
2: Okay, I guess my only other question is then once you, I don't know, once you read it from front from front to back, and I didn't just read it just for the sake of reading. I tried to understand it along the way. It took me like a year and a half. But do you just start over from the beginning again, do you think, or just go to you the could, New Testament yeah. and start over? or? Or you, bounce around? Is that okay to bounce around in the books that you liked Or
3: Yeah, there's nothing—everybody asks, what about my devotion time? Um, and some people do through the Bible in a year or two years, and they read through the books of the Bible. For me, it's important for me as a pastor because I do so much study in the Scriptures, and there are some pastors that they kind of—they give up their devotions uh, because they study so much the Scriptures— and and that's not a good thing to do for me and my devotions. I'll bounce around from book to book, like for example, uh, um, earlier in the year, I said I want to go through First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles again, and I read through those books. This summer, I'm going through the four Gospels. I just started in Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and almost done with John. Um, sometimes I'll go to the Old Testament. Uh, you know, the Lord's laying on my heart to go to Genesis. And because I do so much study, I like to, uh, some people like to get their concordance out. They like to t- take their notes. I think that's great. For me, I like to just read. Uh, I read through the Psalms constantly, I read through the Proverbs, um, which is a good practice. But whatever the Lord leads you, because, uh, whatever book that you're in as you've gone through the bible you're going to be blessed and benefited and i think it's good to go study some of the old testament and um study some of the new testament and uh go through a book of the bible then pick another one or you can you know like i said first and second samuel the life of david uh first and second kings th- those historical books kind of go together uh you can do the first five books you know Uh, the Law of Moses, the Books of Moses. You can lump them together like that. Uh, You can do the major prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, um, Jeremiah. You can break it up in sections like that, and that's kind of what I do.
2: Okay, well, thank you very much for the information, and you helped me uh, clear it up a little bit, at least on the different Bibles. I'll try to get a new uh, New king james or what was it the uh english standard version you said or yeah Yeah, the english standard
3: version and um and then there's the niv as well so and you know if you're in fellowship going to church you know whatever it is that they're using sometimes you want to follow along with the pastor with that version that he uses uh so there's different considerations for you and then that bible app uh, bible gateway
2: yeah okay well thank you again pastor jeff
3: you bet. And keep reading. You're on a All good well. good course. All right. Okay. God bless Have you. Have a good night. You bet. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Hey, let's go to Baltimore. Line three.
2: Pastor Jeff, I'm going to tell hey. you how good. Look, I got a dark cloud over me right now, but it's going to get better. I mean, I was a firefighter for 20 years. and Thank I you for I your service. Hurt, I got hurt on the job and my heart. So anyway... We went to workers' comp and we prayed over it and I won the case. So then they wanted to the county wanted to appeal it, not to pay me a dime.
4: Mm-hmm. So
2: I'm sitting here and I'm I wonder what's going on. My lawyer don't call me, so I call him. Come to find out. They've dropped the appeal. So now we gotta go back to workers' comp to see how much money they're gonna award me. Right now my car's acting up. I got a blown head gasket. I'm halfway out on the street.
3: It's hard am you're going through a hard season right now, and you know as you go down the list. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you, and I want you to know this: that that He's able to provide for all of our needs, supply all of our needs, and the Lord sees you, and He's seen the honorable work that you did in being a firefighter, and you got hurt, and we're going to give it to the Lord, and He's going to take care of you. And sometimes it's hard to. To trust him in these areas and we wonder how it's going to work out but he is working it sounds like as they drop the appeal and you're waiting how much you got need right now he sees you and he loves you and he's going to just have you move forward in this but here's the thing too that he wants you to remember he wants you to rest in him he wants you to rest in him for you to say okay Lord I'm in a situation where you know I'm frustrated um, there's a lot of red tape, government red tape, a lot of, uh, you know, the, my lawyer doesn't call me back, whatever it might be, but Lord, you see and you know. So Father, I pray for my brother who's frustrated, and as he takes the time to call, that I just pray that you would just ease his heart, that you would just give him a peace that passes understanding. We don't have to be anxious for anything, but through prayer with thanksgiving, let our requests be known to God. In um, the peace of God that passes understanding, uh, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And Lord, I do pray that You would uh, just minister uh, to my brother here, provide for his needs, help him get his car fixed, uh, to get solid um, housing, and Lord, that uh, You would take care of him in every way. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Going to be praying. Hey. 303 690 Call in number. I think is it Claude on line three that we have, or do Claude has a praise report? Oh, that was Claude. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, anyway, God's been good. God's been good to him. So, um, and he's going to keep ministering to you, Claude. So, hey, um, we got a few more minutes. We're going to go to the text line. We got all open lines right now. Uh, anybody want to call real quick? But there was an interesting question that came in at the beginning of the show. Why was Abel's offering accepted by God when Cain's was rejected? And, and a lot of times, as we read that in the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 4, of course, Cain and Abel, the sons of Adam and Eve, and they were told to bring an offering. And we know that uh, Abel's ex- offering was accepted. Cain's was it. Cain brought the best of the field. Uh, as it says, he was a farmer, and then it was Abel that brought the best of his flock, um, the firstborn of his flock, uh, as we read in the book of Genesis. And sometimes we read that as God accepted Abel's offering, uh, Cain's was rejected, and it, it isn't because God loves you know ranchers over farmers. That's that's not what's being said. But I think there's a key as we read chapter 4. First of all, we do know that Abel's faith apparently was a factor. According to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, we read that by faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Um, But in chapter 4, it's interesting. Uh, It says that God did not respect Cain in his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry, and why is your countenance falling? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and it's desirous for you, but you should rule over it. So he was angry, and the Lord says, listen, Cain, why are you angry? You know what to do. The implication is to do it right, to do well. Uh, the implication was he knew what kind of sacrifice the Lord wanted him to bring and he didn't bring it with the right heart he just brought a sacrifice he gathered some uh f- you know fruit and and of his uh of his fields and he brought it but it wasn't in a right heart or by faith and the lord says you know what to do if you do well you know you'll be accepted but he wouldn't do well listen this is very important for us as we consider this um because that as we give as we're called to be a living sacrifice, a sacrifice of praise as we give to the Lord, you know, the sacrifice of giving of our finances, as we live for the Lord, we're to do it with the right heart. And in the book of Malachi, they were giving sacrifices, but the Lord said, listen, you're going and you're not bringing the best of your flock. You're not bringing the first fruits. And it's important for us that we give of the Lord, whatever sacrifice of praise, of service, of our finances, uh, of of our lives, of our our praise, that we do it with the right heart, and we do it, of course, with faith. But we do it because we love the Lord, and that's what the Lord loves—a cheerful giver. And that's why uh, it was uh, Abel's offering accepted, and Cain's wasn't, uh, because he didn't come with the right heart. He didn't come with faith. Um, he just came and going through the motions. And that's what was happening in the book of Malachi. They were just kind of going through the, the motions. And the Lord says, you're not giving of the best of your flock. You're giving of the sickly and, and um, the, uh, you're just giving kind of the leftovers. Listen, we don't want to give God the leftovers in our lives. He wants the fir- first fruits of our lives. And I've been guilty of sometimes, you know, Lord, you get the leftovers of my time, of my devotion, of my heart. Of my praise, whatever it might be, he wants the first fruits he desires for us to come with a heart for him, and even as we see through the scriptures, it's a heart manner so um that's why we see that, and that's why uh it is that um you know uh that it's important for us to do it with a a right heart um but um there is somebody who's asking prayer. Um, and we'll go through as we end here, um, and asking for prayer for uh, their son who is sick and in the hospital. Lord, we just pray for this one. Uh, we don't know who it is, but Lord, I do pray for them. I pray that you bring healing to their son. You know where they're at. You know what's happening. It's a scary thing when our children get sick, and it's a very scary thing when they end up in the hospital. So I just pray for your healing. Um, I just pray for your blessing, and I just pray that you would help them and bring healing to them in Jesus' name. Um, amen. There's another one, wedding prayer for their sister, um, that, Lord, you heal this one who is has given uh, this prayer request to bring healing to um, their sister's mind um, and all the things that are taking place, who has pushed her family away. I pray that you would intervene, that you would bless, that you would help, and that, Lord, that you bring restoring uh, a sound mind. You're the one that brings a sound mind to us. And I pray that you would do that in the work of this one who cares for their sister and uh, has isolated herself. And I just pray for that healing, restoring, and blessing and comfort in every way. In Jesus' name. Hey, had a great show. Uh, I'm going to be back with you tomorrow at the same time. So if you weren't able to call, call tomorrow. Love to talk with you. In the meantime, have a blessed evening. Thank you for joining us on Calvary Live. And we'll talk to you next time.